0: and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. This is the second of three bonus episodes, what we're calling Table Talk. And these three episodes are with my husband, Troy. So... We have been just talking about how gospel conversations really come alive with our kids. How do we do this purposefully in the day-to-day where it's not lecture-driven and instead it's life-giving? So I just want to jump right back into the conversation. This week we're going to be talking about how do we do this with our teenagers. And in this episode, we're going to talk a lot about some of the lessons we've learned, the ways we didn't do it right. And the ways we needed to change course so that we could preserve relationship and keep the heart of our child in our hand. And in some cases, ask, in essence, create and repair relationships so that child would be willing to put their heart back in our hand. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, now we're going to talk about those teens. We're going to talk about the teen years and how do we walk with our teenagers? And I think through the um, in the episodes we've been, I've been talking to y'all about the fact that while your child may be in this age, they may not be in this stage of spiritual development. So especially now, now that you have a teenager or you're dealing with a teenager in your home and you're thinking about where they are, they may not be actually what, where we're about to talk about. Right. And, and so sometimes we have to go backwards and work through. And so I want to talk to you, with you about what does that look like with a child? And then, um, the other point that I really want us the two of us to talk about is how do we talk about wisdom with our teen. And how do we construct that in a way that it is life-giving and that it points to God's great love for them and Jesus' redeeming sacrifice? Because those are the major gospel truths we want to bring out in these years. So that what we really want them to do is we really want them to choose Jesus, no matter the cost. Because this is where cost becomes a lot greater. So far in their lives, it probably hasn't cost them much. Maybe in the middle school years, they began to feel the cost. So let's talk about these teen years with our kids. How did we, so I've introduced to them the idea that, or the conversation has had to begin to switch from don't do that, do this, go there, don't go there. To more of a conversation of what is the wise thing for you to do so how did that happen with us and
1: yeah i'm so i do think that's critical and even as we we talk about being a student of your child i think it's it is healthy to understand that that it's not just a clear progression and so you know there is a little bit of waxing and waning on the journey and so, you know, if you think of what it is to engage the the elementary child and it's the what, and you're really just laying out the foundations of the gospel, who is God, who mm-hmm. are you? And then as you get into those tween years, trying to understand the why behind all of it and asking mm-hmm. bigger questions and exploring more, but also really probing deeper into kind of what motivates you to do what you do, then I think whether you're meeting a teenage child where they are, it may require going back and grabbing some of those foundations, mm-hmm. the what, and even the why, and beginning to journey on that. But but when you get uh, to this place in their teenage years where, you know, in a lot of ways, you know that they're very close to being launched yeah. into the world. Um, I can't remember where we grabbed that concept. I know... I know your youth pastor used to, to have a mm-hmm. saying, um, that, um, you're welcome to say it, but I'm, I'm not really good
0: at little. Well, he, yeah, I need to attribute it. Is Andy Stanley. And, and he used to teach us when I was in high school that there's good and there's bad, but that's not our clue, but rather what is the wise thing to do? I think he may have even written a book about it now for adults using that same concept.
1: Yeah. And I think if you, for me, it radically transformed the interactions I was having with with some of my older children at that time. Because I think in a lot of ways, again, it goes back a little bit to when we established these rules and how we want our house to run and all that. Well, really the teenage years, in a lot of ways, are their declaration of independence. I mean, they're trying to be their own person and become their own person. and And there was a lot of discussion around right and wrong, um, good and bad. And so those discussions, to me, and in, in my experience, became pretty futile and unproductive. And it really didn't, lay groundwork for any decent relationship and it was all about the rules and it was just argument over what the what rules were good and bad whether they Mm -hmm. did good and bad things and what was defined as good and bad
0: and whether everybody else was doing the good and bad yeah i mean it was
1: just (laughs) but it was really a futile conversation is and again i don't believe that standard changes over time but the culture speaks that good and bad is a moving target Mm -hmm. and so really this concept of wisdom radically transformed my engagement with my older children because I could could move away from the discussion of what's right or wrong or good or bad and just ask, do you think that was wise? And it really was amazing how quickly that diffused everything. It took it from me versus them to them before God. Mm -hmm. Because we also spent a lot of time making very clear we don't define wisdom you don't define wisdom the culture doesn't define wisdom so really really kind of i think birthing that idea even that god is the source the source of wisdom yeah and so it really really pushed them and forced them in a lot of ways to wrestle with god over being wise and making wise choices and it wasn't so much what's the good choice to make and that's wise but you know what what does god say about it and really for us to write our rules around wisdom and not mm-hmm. just what was what good we, for us. You know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely began to rewrite some things. And, in, and instead of just one example I can think of is um, certain apps on phones. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, absolutely not, you cannot have that, um, we began to challenge them to look inward at themselves and to look into wisdom of whether it would be wise for them to have that app. Right. I mean, right.
1: And I think for us, it became a, a pretty good exercise with video games, mm-hmm. with movie selections, yeah. with music. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's not that it's right or wrong, but do you think it's wise? And so, you know, what is it say about man? What does it say about God? Do you think it's consistent? What would be your concerns about doing that? And really, Mm -hmm. I mean, in in a lot of ways, wisdom is thinking ahead of what the potential consequences of whatever you're doing are, and then making decisions in light of that. And so I think it, it really kind of exercised their ability to think through what they were trying to decide, frame it in the context of, you know, God's standards and decide, make decisions. And we, in a lot of ways, not to their harm or to, you know, long-term consequences, but in a lot of ways, wanted them to make those decisions, even mm-hmm. if there was some degree of failure related mm-hmm. to it, so that yeah. we could then walk them through that. Um,
0: Definitely. So first of all, because we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but we're but first of all, just the, that concept so that you can maybe, and maybe this will give you a good image, you know, your child, you have walked your child from a who question very early, who's God in relationship to this world I'm exploring to a what, what does he offer? What is that red thread of God's love shown everywhere to a why, why does it matter you know, who am I in light of that? Why does it matter that I need to know who Jesus is? And finally, now we're moving into wisdom and we're anchoring wisdom in the word. And we're anchoring wisdom in the word. And, and that is really that transition that we're looking to make with our kids, you know, before we launch them.
1: Absolutely. Because that's really ultimately what you want is you want to be able to, for them to exercise that, that process of wisdom rooted in his word, work it out, be there as a sort of a safety net and help them, you know, reduce consequences and and destruction, hopefully. Um, so that as they get into the world where they have every ability to make decisions that have consequences, that there's a process that they're able to filter that through wisdom right, and source that in, in truth. Um, and, you know, you again, you kind of see that as a natural progression. But these teenage years is where that becomes huge because yeah. I believe that's really sort of the beginning of real life consequences and real life mm-hmm. um You know, just your decisions are more meaningful. Uh, They carry, you know, uh, more weight. And so I think that's where you really begin to exercise that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think helping our kids to even learn for themselves what the, the Spirit of God sounds like. To discern His voice among all the other voices is part of learning wisdom.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Scripture's clear about that. He He asks us to discern the Spirit because there are many voices. Yeah. And and again, they're immature uh, in a lot of ways in, in trying to discern that and understand it. And so that's, I think, a lot of our role there is saying, well, you know, I don't know about that, and pointing them back to Scripture and saying, you know, be but careful with that thinking yeah. or you know But we've let is. them
0: kind of I don't know. We've let that leash untangle quite a bit and let them kind of roll out there away from us with stuff because yeah. they believe it's wise. You know, cuz we have definitely let's let's be very clear. We have definitely heard the argument that certain things are so wise. Oh yeah, and and they can rationalize certain things that everything inside of me just wants to lower the boom and say, absolutely not. That's the worst decision you could ever make. And yet, if I always lower the boom, and never let them experience the consequence of being challenged to think wisely, and not thinking wisely, and then they live inside of the consequences of not thinking wisely. If I if I refuse for that sequence of events to happen, then they always are dependent on me to keep them in a wise position.
1: Really. Well, and I think that's been a lot of our our design in those years. And and again, the answer is not always yes. I'm not always like, yeah, sure, go ahead and yeah. learn from it.
0: Right. No. Um, well, so it's don't, only in like yeah, don't really want... safely. Yes. So I I think it it allows
1: you as the parent to guide what you're willing to allow them to to extend those boundaries a little bit to try to exercise. But the bottom line is most of that work is in navigating the process. Yeah. So we've had them present Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: us and try to convince us why that would be wise. And I mean, we've heard everything from you can mute the video game. And I'm like, Why would you need to mute it? You know, and so we talk about that and then well why would they design a game like that? <laughs> so do you think that's something you should be bathing your mind in? And you know, those kind of things of why would that be unwise
0: mm-hmm.
1: is part of that journey, you know, or you know, whatever they're trying to Or
0: things that they watch on T V Absolutely, TV. you know. Because let's face it, like with our teenage crowd, um, there's certain T V shows that are like everybody's watching them and you want to be up to date on what's going on this week and who got picked and who didn't get picked. And yet it's not probably wise consumption. And so it's having the conversations that say, well, what are you viewing? How does that impact you? Is that wise to watch something like that? Why would you feel motivated to watch it understanding even and unpacking with them that social pressure that makes them want to be part of the crowd and know what's going on, on the latest episode of this or that show. Um, and helping them understand that motivation that's, that lays within their lies within their heart and then helping them see, well, what, what would be truly wise? Well, I
1: think for me, a. Uh, uh you know, a key way to approach that has been less trying to hear them convince me or justify why they should be able to do that as much as identify reasons they should be concerned about it. Yeah. Because then it, it sort of makes them and forces them to look at it from the danger side of things like, Mm -hmm. why should I be concerned about, you know, this language or this content or pictures disappearing on your phone or Mm -hmm. you know whatever this show is and and at least it may not be a no but I think if they can identify the ways they're concerned and be able to verbalize how they plan to
0: you know safeguard safeguard safeguard
1: against those things that would be concerning it forces them to think through consequences not I'm not talking about disciplinary consequences but whatever the consequences of watching that are you filling your mind with it or you know, if they're having to say, "Well, this is my safeguard against that," then you know they've thought it through well, and and then you can kind of come back to that and say, "Well, how's that going? How did that work?" Yeah. And help them understand yeah. even some things are more powerful than we think, or and I think you know, they really were able to navigate it well. Yeah,
0: and I think that's really, I think when I say we're going to let them out on a long leash, I'm really saying in the, those spaces where we're going to have a continuing, ongoing conversation. How's it going now? Where's your heart now? Where's your mind now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what do you think about? Um, because most of most of these conversations about wisdom really center inside the mind.
1: Oh, Absolutely. Well, and, I mean, we can't ignore
0: I mean, the the teenage behavior, years and but,
1: relationships. And so yeah. how we navigate those. And again, I think uh, try to be very clear with our children of you know what are the concerns about you know girl boy relationships and whatever those look like when you're a teenager how do you know how mm-hmm. do you plan to walk that out in purity you know um, yeah,
0: and it, what and what do you see as places that you're gonna personally struggle
1: right, and what is purity? I mean, I think those are great starter questions, how did God define it? And what, you know, just trying to walk those things out wisely as they relate with their peers, as they, you know, the whole introduction of boy-girl relationships, and then, you know, life decisions. And now it's, you know, with apps and movies and music, and there's no shortage of material to try to begin to exercise wisdom in our children.
0: hmm I hope you're enjoying this Table Talk time. With Troy. I hope it is settling your heart. If you are in the middle of this stage with a teenager and you're beginning to catch a vision of where you can go and the way conversation can be shaped to guide them in wisdom. And if you are not yet there and you don't yet have teenagers, I hope that this is beginning to give you a a, a way to go forward and a goal in which, you know, saying, This is where I'm heading. I have a little free download that I really would love to give to you. And on it, it just walks through each age and what your goals are. So it talks about the phase that this child is in, whether it's a preschool, toddler, elementary, teen, tween, young adult, the phase that they're in, your goal for them at this in this stage of life, what, is, what are we thinking about, the methods we're going to use that, that's what we've been talking about here, trying practically to talk it out with Troy. That's what the last few podcasts have been about. And then finally, conversation. How do we actually have these kind of conversations? I would love for you to grab it. You can find it in the show notes as a, a link that you can go and it will be sent to your, your inbox. And I hope it will help. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you back next week for more Table Talk. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.